Greetings and salutations, sports fans all across the wide and wonderful internet. It is time for another glorious edition of Modern Day Gladiators here on the Outlander Media Network, and I am always your humble yet glorious host, the ace of Tennessee sports podcasting, Michael Shibley with you here. We've got another stacked show for you, playoff pandemonium or kind of playoff pandemonium. Of course, we got all the news of professional wrestling. But this week, we're going to talk some social issues kind of going on that are intermingling with the world of sports. We've also got baseball unwritten rules that we're just going to try and put that argument to bed here a little bit as well. So we're going to try and solve some solutions to issues going on in the world. So it might be a little bit different, at least leading off the show. We'll see how it goes. But again, thank you guys for tuning in. And of course, you can listen to all the great shows on the Outlander Media Network by checking out outlandermedia.com. Net, all the other great shows, um, DLC Respawn, Halfle, Phantasm Podcast, Deadbeat Radio, all the other great shows that we've got coming up on the network. You can follow them wherever you got on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, check out Outlander Media. You can also interact with me on social media at Michael underscore Shibley, and also you can check out Modern Day Gladiators on Facebook and Instagram. Give us some likes all that awesome stuff, and of course, wherever you listen to your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify, we are there. So give us a like, give us a subscribe, comment, give us those five-star reviews, and so we get all that stuff out into the ether, and we will love you forever for those five-star reviews. Let's get into it, though, and talk about, first, we're going to talk about something that has come up in the news, and it's made both sports news and, and national news in some ways. And I want to talk about Kate Smith. Many of you probably don't even know who Kate Smith is. I didn't know who she was until last week when some of these stories started coming up. Kate Smith is one of the renowned singers who, if you've ever heard an edition or a rendition of God Bless America, it's probably Kate Smith's version. That's the one you've heard. The one written by Irving Berlin made it specifically for her to sing. It became so popular her version of it, that it almost became America's second national anthem when you look at the impact it had back in the 30s and 40s. Its tie-in with sports came where her version was sung sometimes in place of the national anthem during Flyers games in the 70s. She came and sang it live in Philadelphia in the Spectrum before the Flyers' 1974 Stanley Cup clinching win in Game 6 to win the first of back-to-back titles for the Broad Street Bullies back in the day. She's had such an impact there that they played it almost as a good luck charm that they made a statue of Kate Smith to commemorate her after she passed away in 1986. They put the statue up outside the Spectrum in 1987 in New York after the tragedies of 9-11 Instead of singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game at Yankees games, they started to play God Bless America. And when they didn't have a guest singer there live, they would play her version of God Bless America. What has transpired, though, over the past couple of weeks is a couple of activists made notifications to and sent emails to the Flyers and the Yankees making reference to some claims of racist songs and things in uh, Kate Smith's past that happened. What came up were two songs she sang back in the 30s. The first one was in a, in a movie called Hello Everybody, 19, 
33. The song was entitled Pickin' Heaven. Now, Pickin' is a racial slur for young black children, for the most part, coming from Africa. So she, she sang that song to them. Also, in, in terms of the movie, and also... There's another one talking, uh, 1939, her rendition of a song called That's Why Darkies Were Born, talking about all the work that African Americans, especially as slaves, did, and all these different things. Racist lyrics and themes, but one of the things you need to look at when it comes to this is the reaction that people have had now. The New York Yankees have now stopped playing her version of the song at Yankee Stadium. The Flyers have distanced themselves. First, they covered up her statue, and then they have now taken the statue down. So they have tried to just erase her legacy with these two teams. One of the things, though, you have to look at, and this is one of the things I've always talked about and tried to talk about on the show when we talk about sports and social issues, is you need to take five minutes and think about things and look at it. There was an episode of The Simpsons a few seasons ago. One of the last funny things I've ever seen The Simpsons do was when they went to their version of Disneyland and they went to the the Pirates of the Caribbean ride that they had there. It was called uh, Politically Correct. <laughs> and uh, Marge was questioning it and Lisa said, well, they had to change it because some people on the internet complained very loudly. And that seems to be what's going on on here. Am I I'm not denying that those songs aren't terrible in the way they are. One of the things you do have to look at, especially the That's Why Darkies Were Born uh song, it was sung as a satire. If you look at the context of everything from back then, it's such a satirical song that it was also sung by uh Paul Robeson, who was a black civil rights activist around that same time. One of the other big things with Kate Smith you have to look at, and this is something also when you look at the context of this story and everything else that's evolved from it, is during World War II, her version of God Bless America was such a resounding success. She toured the world going and doing USO shows and doing these fundraisers to raise war bonds. She has been credited by certain reports that on her own, she helped raise $600 million in war bonds to help fund the war effort. If you do that, in t- and that's back in the, the 30s and 40s during this time of raising war bonds. If you take that money and account it in today's money, that's $11 billion. She raised over $11 billion to help fight real Nazis actual Nazis, not these fake internet Nazis we've talked so much about, but actual Nazis who are capable of push-ups. These are the Nazis that we're talking about that she raised money for Americans to go help fight and fund the war effort. It was such a big deal that President Ronald Reagan gave her the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 1982. And one of the things I talked about earlier was Kate Smith passed away in 1986. She's been dead for as long as my wife has been alive, for 33 years. She has been dead. So you're bringing up a lot of these issues. And again, we look at the context of everything with this. Yes, the songs are not great, but you look at everything going on around that time. We always have this argument where different times 
and different belief systems and how we have evolved. Shoot, you even look at the start of this decade and where things were. You, it, it's it's always interesting, and we talk about this. It's you don't want to just keep comparing and contrasting things all the time. But when in 2008, when Obama and Hillary Clinton were running for office, they were both against gay marriage and how things have even evolved then at this point. So you see all these different things and how we as a civilization evolve and come other things. Kate Smith, she was a 250-pound woman. She, you know, was notoriously fat-shamed a long time while she was working in Hollywood and singing a lot of these songs. And she sung thousands of songs. She had her own radio show that she had, which was one of the big things that we have to take a look at as well. Um, So she's been around for a long, long time. She had African-American musicians and entertainers on the radio shows that she's had, uh, including uh, Count Basie, Bill Robinson, Cozy Cole, the Deep River River Boys, Duke Ellington, Eddie Haywood, and and countless others. So it's it's so much of I don't want to keep talking about the slippery slope because trust me when I talk about that when we have our president talk about bringing down certain monuments and where does it stop it stops somewhere that's what we've always said it stops somewhere but this is something where a couple of people bring this up and they're so upset about it, they only do it on the internet. They're not out there with picket signs, protesting, and showing up and doing these things. They're doing it from afar, and might even have been anonymous when you come to this. Our racist past in America with slavery and the civil rights movement and everything that has gone on cannot be ignored. You can't just whitewash over everything that's happened. You don't learn anything when that goes on. You have to bring the proper context. That's why I'm one of the firm firm believers when we talk about all these civil war monuments, especially the Confederate ones, You don't have to put them in public squares. You can take them and put them in a museum where you can put the proper context with everything. There is nothing wrong with that, and you can do that with these songs because we always talk about finding solutions to these problems, and you look at – you can get rid of – there's not an excuse for the songs that have happened that she recorded, but – You also cannot ignore the, in today's money, $11 billion of war bonds she raised. You you have to put all of that together. And when you talk about PCing things and the precedent being set by Rage Online, the Pew Research Center came out with a study talking about how 80% of Americans believe that political correctness is a problem in the country today. And it's hard to get 80% of people in this country to agree on anything At this point, you can't even get that many people to agree that a hot dog is or is not a sandwich, which, by the way, it's not a sandwich. There's my claim there, and everybody who thinks otherwise needs to have their head examined. So you have that. So 80% of people believe that. 79% of whites, 82% Asians, 87% Hispanics, 88% of Native Americans, and you talk about the Redskins and all those other things going on with them, and then you have 75% of African Americans. So... And what the other thing is, too, you have these recordings of all these people, so you have historical documents. We don't have documents of everybody living back then and the way they were thinking 
and different times and thoughts. So again, one of the things we need to do is think of solutions to these problems because these taking the statue down and just trying to whitewash over history and coming up with these things, you're not trying to clean up racism. These activists are not trying to clean up racism because one, it's not going to work that way. It's sowing seeds of division. You, you know, eliminating a song and these statues and her version of the song by a long dead uh, white woman. How is it going to help anything going on with what's going on in the world today or even in this country? So my solution would be this. You can still play her song, but again, have the proper context. Give everybody the knowledge because the more knowledge you have about something and the more information you have, the right decision can then be made. So you understand, everybody understand that there's different times and different thoughts going on when the song was originally recorded and when she did all these other things. And then you also come out as an organization, as the Flyers and Yankees can do, and say, hey, we don't condone what the other songs that she did. We we understand, though, that the times have evolved and there's different thinking. And then you can also add other singers into the rotation, other great singers who have sang God Bless America. Just add them into that rotation and have it be a whole other world of things. That's at least my option opinion when it comes to that. And again, something I think we all, if we take five minutes and think about this instead of just immediately reacting to something, I think we can all as a group come up with better solutions than just trying to whitewash things. Because again, I'm not going to ignore, again, the $11 billion in today's money she raised in war bonds to help fund the war effort to take down one of the most evil people in the history of the world. So... That you can't ignore. And again, just think about it. Come up with your own opinion. Don't just react at the first sight of discomfort that you see. Always interesting to move on to a different topic here, but that's what we're going to try and do here on Modern Day Gladiators. As one of the other things that has gone on, and there is a little racism involved in this, or at least the, the claims, but again, we, I want to talk about a little bit about baseball's unwritten rules because we had another incident of it that happened over the past week. And the suspensions that came down were not even for the bat flip. But let me just give you the proper just context and what happened here. Chicago White Sox shortstop Tim Anderson hit a home run off Kansas City Royals pitcher Brad Keller. And after the after he hit the home run, he didn't even do the bat flip, the traditional bat flip that we've been seeing now. He threw his bat back to the dugout. Well, Keller found that to be offensive and broken of baseball's unwritten rules. So the next time Anderson came up to bat, Keller beamed him right in the tuchus, just right there, just a 92-mile-an-hour fastball right there. And, of course, then you know that that ball was thrown intentionally. You can't argue anything about that. So he, he was upset about that. And then, of course, they start arguing with each other. And then, of course, the bench is clear. Nothing happens because, again, as I've always said, baseball players don't know how to fight properly anyway. If you're going to fight, fight. They do it in hockey. So just fight instead of just arguing and yelling and chirping at each other and maybe a little pushing and shoving. After all of this had happened... Uh, they finally came down with some suspensions. Brad Keller was given the usual suspension of five games, so he has to miss a start 
in there, but uh, Tim Anderson was suspended for one game, but it wasn't even for the bat flip or bat toss in this case. It was for the racial epithet that he said, apparently calling Brad Keller a weak-ass effing N-word. That's what was claimed that he said. Now, Tim Anderson, for those of you who don't know, is an African-American. Brad Keller is white. So you have that. I'm, as a white person, which is another thing I always bothers me that we have in this com- culture now, is that we always have to self-identify ourselves no matter what, to defend what we have to say. Everybody, you can't just offer your opinion. You have to identify yourself. So I have to identify myself as a white, heterosexual, male whatever, to have my opinion heard from that context instead of just offering an opinion. But again, I don't have a vote on what I can or cannot restrict with a black person using the N-word. I'm not going to do that because that word has been used for so long and it's just an ugly, ugly word that that claiming them, I'm, I'm not, I have no vote in this matter. I leave that up to everybody else to deal with that. But what you do have is you have like Paul Manafort and Joe Torrey, the baseball commissioner and baseball enforcement officer, who are both white, coming up with these suspensions. And I don't think they get a vote in this, really. If you want to have an African-American player, say like Ken Griffey Jr., come out and be the one who comes down with a ruling with language like that, sure. But I don't think they really get a vote in this. And again, it's... These things that come off where you have these baseball unwritten rules, which I'm getting tired of, and that's where the basis of all this comes from. These bat flips that we've been seeing, Joey Batista with the biggest one from a few years ago in the playoffs, and, you know, or bunting when the game is, you know, far out of hand, or bunting to break up a no hitter, all these different and stupid, you know, run around the bases after a home run at the correct pace, all these different things. Meanwhile, baseball, Major League Baseball has been running an ad campaign since the playoffs last year, and they've added to it this year called Let the Kids Play. Let them flip the bats. It's become an art form in South Korea. Look at the Korean League. You can find all these YouTube videos looking at bat flips and how they've turned it into an absolute art form. They are beautiful. And my argument has always been it's the same thing in the NFL. If you don't like them dancing in the end zone and doing those things after a touchdown, then get the guy out. Because are also, you've got to pick your battles. Baseball, they have, the pitcher has the baseball that he can throw almost as a weapon. If I chucked a baseball at somebody out without the confines of a baseball arena and I chucked a 92 mile an hour fastball at him, I'd be arrested for assault. That's what that is. And the the intent was still there. Look at football. Defensive lineman sacks a quarterback and does a little dance. If a quarterback was that upset about it, and then he gets involved with a a 295-pound defensive lineman, okay, that's fair. So again, if you don't like it, go right back out there, get the guy out. And then if you want to celebrate with a dance, do it. Pitchers could do that. You've got the mound there. You've got a performance stage. You strike a guy out and want to do a Fortnite dance? Go for it. You want to do the floss? Perfectly fine. You want to do take the L? Fine. You want to do orange justice? Fine. You want to do the Carlton dance? Perfectly fine. 
There are ways around it. That's the solution. Everybody just go out and have fun. Baseball's trying to keep one foot in the past in tradition and one foot now to attract younger viewers. Sure, but you've got to start, and I think one of the solutions, again, we're trying to find solutions here to these problems, is to come up with a way where if you do throw it intentionally, you've got to make the suspensions longer. If you're upset about... And you can tell a pitcher or a catcher or anybody is upset about an unwritten rule and and you want to have bat flips and all that, then if they throw at them intentionally or punch them or whatever, then you got to make the suspensions longer and the fines bigger at that point. Because then they'll stop. If you come out and say, hey, we're going to let them do this, and if you retaliate, guess what? You're suspended for 20 games, not just five, and you're going to be fined $200,000. Then it would go away. So that's my thoughts on some of these issues. And again, I want to know what you guys think. You can hit me up on Twitter at Michael underscore Shibley. You want to have a debate with me? I would love to talk about it with you. I would love to hear your side of the story. Bring it and talk with us on the Modern Day Gladiators Facebook page where all of this is going to be. I would love to hear your opinion on all of these matters. And that's going to wrap up the first segment of the show. Again, you are listening to Modern Day Gladiators here on the Outlander Media Network. We'll be back with shibbles and bits and all the news of professional wrestling right after this. See you on the other side of the break. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You hear the Pink Panther theme, which means it is time for Shibbles and Bits. And of course, this nice kind of slow prodding music has pretty much been the whole vibe throughout, especially the NBA playoffs, until last night, where you finally had some playoff pandemonium, where Damian Lillard sinks a 37-foot shot at the buzzer to give himself 50 points and also to sink the Oklahoma City Thunder four games to one and move the Portland Trail Blazers on to the next round of the NBA playoffs in the Western Conference. And of course, Russell Westbrook has not won a single away playoff game, road playoff game, since Kevin Durant left and Paul George, or who he self-entitled himself last year, Playoff P, still has not been great in the playoffs at all. So you need to rethink the nickname, or at least give it to yourself when you've actually done something in the playoffs. So, But look out for the Portland Trail Blazers. Charles Barkley has been on them all playoffs long. He thinks they can actually win the West and knock out the Golden State Warriors. We will have to see how that goes, but it has been a great moment. That was, that's was that been the best moment of the first round so far, besides from the Clippers coming back from 31 points down to beat the Golden State Warriors. That's been about it, really. Everything else has been kind of going as it should, really, when you break everything down. There's only been one really entertaining series so far, and that's been the uh, Spurs and Nuggets series. That's been the best one. Denver's up three games to two. Everything else has just been kind of meh for the NBA, which is one of the problems, I think, in the first round of the NBA playoffs. I think they need to go back, and again, providing a solution, I think the NBA needs to go back to having 
a five best of five game uh, series in the first round. Yes, I know that's taking away money from both the, the arenas for having the fans there for a couple more games and advertising revenue and everything, but I think it would make it more competitive because the ratings have not been good for much of this. Does some of that have to do with LeBron James not being involved in these playoffs at all? Yes, but I think the fact that they have been kind of plotting games so far in the first round have not been great. You look at, yes, again, Denver San Antonio has been the best one. That one's going to a game six. Houston's up three games to one against Utah. Golden State's up three games to one against the Clippers. Both those should uh, teams should close out their series tonight as of this recording. Toronto has already knocked out the Orlando Magic four games to one. Philadelphia knocks out uh, Brooklyn four games to one. Boston swept Indiana and Milwaukee swept Detroit. So the Eastern Conference is good to go in the second round. These should be some really interesting matchups. They should definitely be more entertaining than their first round matchups. Toronto versus Philadelphia should be really fun. And also Boston versus Milwaukee. If Giannis Antetokounmpo... Antetokounmpo... God, I cannot... The Greek freak. (laughs) Giannis Antetokounmpo... I'm just going to butcher that. I apologize, Giannis. I am very sorry that I cannot talk today. But anyway, if... Giannis wants to claim as maybe the next best and great player in the NBA. He's got to beat Boston. He would be the traditional power. People would pay attention to them a lot more because Milwaukee, they are the number one seed in the East, but nobody's been paying attention to that at all. It's been all of how terrible the Lakers have been is what's been most of the attention and then the dysfunction in Boston and what's going on in Golden State. We have not even talked about how great the Milwaukee Bucks have been with Antetokounmpo uh, most likely being the most valuable player in the NBA this season. So that's what we've got going on so far. We'll see how all of that turns out. And of course, we'll break down more playoff stuff as it goes through in the NBA here on Modern Day Gladiators. Moving over to the NHL, you had the best game of the first round so far. This was amazing. The San Jose Sharks against the Las Vegas Golden Knights in Game 7. They're down 3-0 in the third period. And there's a major uh, penalty called on the Las Vegas Golden Knights. And the Sharks take that opportunity and score four goals during that power play to take the lead. The Golden Knights tie the game up in the last minute of regulation but then the Sharks get the winning goal in overtime to advance and eliminate the defending Western Conference champions the Las Vegas Golden Knights to move on in the first round so that was thrilling that was amazing what a great moment and a great comeback there by the San Jose Sharks Uh, the rest of the series all of them have been decided except one so far in the NHL the Colorado Avalanche uh, take care of business and knock out the Calgary Flames The Dallas Stars knock out the Nashville Predators four games to two. St. Louis Blues knock out the Winnipeg Jets four games to two. Colorado, um, or I'm sorry, the Columbus Blue Jackets. I had COL for both of those. I apologize for my own writing. The (laughs) Columbus Blue Jackets, as we talked about last week, sweeping the Tampa Bay Lightning 4-0. Boston over Toronto 4-3. We'll see what happens with the NBA with Boston versus Toronto, but... When it comes to the Maple Leafs, death 
taxes and the Maple Leafs being eliminated in the playoffs and not even coming close to the Stanley Cup is happening in hockey again. And then the New York Islanders sweeping the Pittsburgh Penguins four games to nothing. The only series still alive right now, the Washington Capitals and Carolina Panthers are tied at three games apiece, going to a game seven tonight as they record that. I'm hoping the defending champs, also for my good friends, Aaron Cody Campbell and Tyler Sonicson, who are Caps fans, hopefully the Caps can rally and actually win a Game 7 for once and advance to the next round and keep defending their Stanley Cup. All of this playoff talk, of course, with everything going on, doesn't really matter in the world of sports when it comes to the ratings because the NFL Draft is coming up this weekend and that's going to kill any playoff action going on in terms of ratings. I'm not the biggest fan of the NFL Draft. It is great. I love seeing where all these college kids are going, seeing their dreams fulfilled, all of that great stuff. But all the prognosticating and everything that goes on with it, we've been talking about it even before the college football season and the NFL season ended. We were talking about where some of these guys are going to go in the draft. I just want to see it, and then we, of course, will break all of that stuff down next week here on Modern Day Gladiators. A couple of other news going on in the world of shibbles and bits back in Oakland over the la- over the weekend this was really interesting an umpire finally doing something worthwhile because personally I think in pretty much everything in Major League Baseball I personally think computers could do the umpire's job and do it much better than the umpires can I think the umpire should only be there at this point to just keep the pace of play going, and also to keep brawls from happening, or incidents like this. A fan ran onto the field during the Blue Jays' athletics game, and then he got tossed by the umpire Jeff Nelson, literally. Nelson put a swift end to the fan's romp at the Oakland Coliseum on Saturday, grabbing the man with both hands near second base and help with help with the security, uh, flinging him to the ground. So, great job there by Mr. Nelson, and I think that's just a great thing to happen. Again, we're showing these issues where fans are running onto the field. That's not good. That is not good to deal with. I am not happy about that. Uh, We've seen it in British soccer where fans have been running onto the field. That has not been good. There's been another solution, and again, we've been all about solutions on this show uh, this week, talking about these problems. There's been a big issue over in European soccer over the years, and it's been racist fans when it comes to ultranational fans that they have there, and the fact that, now again, remember in Europe, they really didn't have a civil rights movement there. They're still having issues with fans making monkey noises, and even in a lot of these stadiums, they ban bananas because they don't want fans throwing them on the field at the feet of black players. That is just, you don't, that's stuff we really got rid of in this country, at least in the stadiums like that, a long time ago. Now again, there are still instances of it happening, yes, but not on the big level that it's been happening over in Europe. And Manchester City and English national uh, forward Raheem Sterling has an idea uh, to help Uh, deal with some of these issues and that is to hit them where the team hurts and these fans who care about their team so much hit it where it hurts where you would then if you can prove that the fans are acting in a racist manner and having racist behavior you dock them nine points off the table which is essentially three wins you just take those away from them so you get rid of that and then what you do is you also force them to pay three games in an empty arena so they don't make any money off the fans going. So I can see that. I would like the idea of that. I think that would help 
But again, then what's and the big issue has always been, well, what's going to keep uh, opposing fans from dressing up as the home fans and acting like that to try and get that to happen? Again, you've got to investigate it. You've got to come up with a solution. I do think this is a good solution that could happen with that because then, again, they lose revenue and it's a direct consequence for the racist behavior of their fans because, again, as, um, as Raheem said... He encountered racist abuse during England's Euro 2020 qualifier in Montenegro in March, and there have been other cases of it happening in European football in uh, recent months. So, again, something to pay attention to, and again, I like the idea of solutions. And then when you come up with solutions, you can then work to fix the problem instead of just letting the problem keep going. So, and then you can debate the solutions, because at least then you're working on a fix and acknowledging there is a problem, because there is a problem. So, I like that. We move on to NCAA football here as we wind down at Shibbles and Bits. The NCAA Football Rules Committee has now approved several rule change proposals for the 2019 season, and I like both of these. They're going to change targeting to make it a so-called progressive penalty, which I like, meaning players who commit three targeting fouls in the same season could then face a one-game suspension, in, in, which I think gets rid of the uh, one-game suspension for one targeting and different things like that, because sometimes you can tell it was targeting, but there was an accident and different things. Also, it's going to say uh, referees will also be required to review replays of all targeting calls to confirm all elements of targeting were present, including in intent. If the targeting penalty can't be confirmed by video review, then the call on the field will not stand. So I really like that. Also, they're putting in the fact that um, they're trying to shorten these games. We don't want to have another seven overtime game like the Texas A&M LSU game or the Arkansas Ole Miss game from back in the day or the Arkansas Kentucky game or the Tennessee Arkansas six overtime game that I was at back in the day or the five overtime Tennessee Alabama game. What they're trying to do is shorten it where if the game reaches a fifth overtime, teams will now, instead of starting at the 25-yard line like they've been doing and go back and forth, what they're going to do is teams will then run alternating two-point conversions until a winner is determined. So, after the f at that point, you just run two-point plays. And you stop one and score one, you win. You score one, stop one, you win. I like it. I think it's going to just make the game... Uh, a little safer because you don't have these guys just dead in the water at the end of the game. And also, I think it just helps, again, get the game finally over. Um, and then there's going to be a two-minute rest period added after the second and fourth overtimes, which I also think is really good. Um, also, they're getting rid of two-man wedge blocking formation during kickoff returns and also forcible contact on blindside blocks. So there's going to be a 15-yard personal foul penalty with a forcible blindside block contact. So I like that. I Again, try and make the game safer. Also try and shorten the game when you, so you don't have these marathon games where the players are so exhausted that injuries are more likely to happen. And again, they're going to be rare. We don't see those overtime games happen so much. It seems like they happen in the SEC a lot, but that's, again beside the point. Real quick, covering some Tennessee news going on. Uh, congratulations to the Tennessee uh, baseball team where they swept Kentucky. It's the first road sweep that the Tennessee baseball team has had since 2004. 
Uh, they also just beat Gardner Webb last night, so good on the Vols. They've got a tough road trip heading to number six. Arkansas, so that's going to be a big matchup there on the road. If Tennessee could win that series, they're definitely in the running to host a regional when the NCAA tournament comes around. Uh, not so good news for the Lady Vols softball team as they um, only won one of the three games at number 16, Georgia. They've got Ole Miss this weekend, so hopefully they can get back on the winning side and turn things around there. And of course, a rest in peace to Reggie Cobb, the former Tennessee running back. Uh, This affected me because Reggie Cobb and Chuck Webb, that dynamic duo, was the big... uh, the big dynamic duo and some of my favorite players from when I first remember watching Tennessee football in 1989, 1990, those guys that just sticks in my memory when I was six, seven years old. Those are the first seasons I truly remember following as a fan. And, you know, Reggie Cobb, again, he was great. 1987, he carried that team as a freshman. Then of course he was probably the best player on a not great Tennessee team in 1988. But then with Chuck Webb in 1989, they were a great one-two punch. But then midway through the season, right before the Alabama game, Reggie Cobb was dismissed from the team for a drug uh, drug violation. And uh, Chuck Webb had to carry it himself. They did lose to Alabama, but then Chuck Webb picked up the slack and had another great season. And again, he's another one that was just an opportunity missed as he uh, just tore up his knee in the second game of the season versus Pacific in 1990. So again, you look at those guys, if they had been able to stay together, those early 90 and late 80 teams could have been national title contenders when you look at everything that happened. Unfortunately, that just doesn't happen in life. That's not what happened. But again, a great vol for life. He played in the NFL for some seasons. He was a great scout uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and other organizations in the NFL, but he passed away today at, or not today, but over the past week at the age of 50. He was a great standout at Central High School here in Knoxville, so he will be remembered by Vol fans who remember that era uh, fondly and still, though, trepidation with look back at what could have been if not for the drug violations and injuries that happened at that point but again rest in peace reggie cobb thank you guys for listening here to shibbles and bits we're going to move on to the world of professional wrestling not too much happening this week as the superstar shakeup has now kind of moved in and we've got people in new places are now also same places because andrade And Selena Vega, they were moved to Raw, and now they've moved back to SmackDown. Aleister Black has also now been moved to SmackDown. It looked like he and Ricochet were going to stay as a tag team on Raw. He has been moved to SmackDown uh, for a couple of reasons. One, uh, looks like with the move to Fox, they were, it looks like Fox was wanting to have at least one good Latino star on the brand to, to have with the move to Fox. And also, they were looking to keep couples together in a sense where, you know, if you're married or you're you're in a serious relationship with the WWE, uh, with someone else, they're trying to keep you on the same brand. Uh, as Zelina Vega and Aleister Black are married in real life, and Andrade and Charlotte Flair are dating each other um, as well. And now they're all on SmackDown together. So one big happy family over there. You look at what happened back on Raw. AJ Styles won a triple threat match and then beat Baron Corbin in a singles match. 
to become the number one contender and will challenge Seth Rollins at Money in the Bank. That should just be an awesome match. Just looking forward to that one. Hope they give it the right amount of time and right amount of build. That one could be amazing. Also, uh, the WWE does occasionally listen to its fans because the Viking experience is no more. They are now the Viking Raiders. They were the War Machine in New Japan and in the Indies. They became the War Raiders in NXT. Then they became the Viking Experience. Now they're the Viking Raiders. I'll take Viking Raiders over Viking Experience. I don't know why you couldn't change, you had to change it in the first place from War Raiders. We already know they look like Vikings. You don't need to have that in the name. Meanwhile, one of their finishing moves is now still called the Viking Experience. It's still a mess, but I'll take Viking Raiders over Viking Experience any day of the week. Also, uh, Bray Wyatt has returned uh, now pretty much as a psycho Mr. Rogers. Uh, he has the Firefly Funhouse with some different puppets and different things. It's going to be really interesting to see where this character goes. It could be one of the greatest things ever, or it could be one of the worst things ever. This has just been the first week of it. We'll see how that all goes in the weeks to come and what they're going to do with the Bray Wyatt character. Meanwhile, on SmackDown, Kevin Owens turned heel again. Uh, everybody probably saw that coming. It looks like it's going to be him and Kofi Kingston at Money in the Bank for the WWE Championship. That should be a really good match. Looking forward to that. Uh, Becky Lynch is going to face Charlotte again, but she's also going to face Lacey Evans in a match. So Becky, not only is she Becky two belts, but she's Becky two matches. She's got to defend her Raw Women's Championship against Lacey Evans and defend her SmackDown Women's Championship against Charlotte Flair. Meanwhile, Roman Reigns is going to be the focus on SmackDown. He moved over there. He's still, whether you wanted to admit it or not, he's still the biggest star in the company. And so he's going to be the focus of SmackDown. It's not going to be the world title picture with Kevin Owens and Kofi Kingston. It's going to be Roman Reigns versus looks like Shane and Elias. But hey, I'll take it. Uh, even though Kofi is champion, it's going to be great. It's still going to be probably a very short run for Kofi, but it's been a great moment to see that. And that's going to wrap up this week's edition of Modern Day Gladiators. Again, give us a like on Facebook and on social media. Give us a subscription and a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. Thank you guys again for listening to Modern Day Gladiators here on the Outlander Media Network. Too sweet. I love you. I will see you next time.